All right, and welcome back to the square this week. Um, as hopefully most of you know, um, you're all good citizens and, and you pay attention. Uh, it is Pride Month, and you know, you know, we like to focus on you know the importance of pride and you know why it's important and how you know if you're a member of the community, you know. Obviously, you understand the importance, or maybe you you want to understand maybe the, maybe the history more, or why it's important. If you're just an ally, um, again, why it's important, and, and why you need to be outspoken, and why you need to to help you know our brothers and sisters in the community, our family members in the community. Uh, and so, to that, you know, we have three. Oh, we got Snake, and then our guest this week, uh, Chair of the Stonewall Dams, Brian Wall. Brian, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me. So. Ray, why don't you kick off Oh, discussion. sure, sure. Well, I, I just want to start by saying, you know, um, we are still in Pride Month, which, you know, all these things seem to be front-loaded at the begin- beginning of June. Um, as we sort of tail off in the month, I mean, there's other things that happen. You know, we all have, like, uh, goldfish brains, and our, our minds still kind of wander. So we thought it was... Um, you know, good timing, maybe towards the end of June, because it, it is still Pride Month here, mm-hmm. and we're we're still celebrating, and we're still uh, fighting for our LGBTQ friends, and you know, uh, doing our thing here. So, Brian, talk to us about um, Pride Month twenty twenty two. Like, talk mm-hmm. to us. Is it does it feel different this year in Western New York? Does it feel the same? Are we moving somewhere? Like, what what's your sense on this? Um, I think Pride uh, this year. Buffalo, Western New York Pride 2022, it, it absolutely felt felt different. It does feel different. Um, and, and just uh, going back to your point, we're, we're absolutely still in, in Pride Month. And the reason that we have Pride Month in June is obviously to commemorate the uh, the anniversary of the Stonewall Riots, mm-hmm. um, which is this week. Um, and, and that feels all the more timely with everything we have going on in our world, in our, our country, politically, socioeconomically, and, and all of that. Um, but more specifically, uh, the Pride celebration and commemorations this year, it did feel different because not only because we it was the uh, the first time back since the pandemic for two years uh, we, we've taken off from, from the parade and having in-person events. Um, and the parade's theme was homecoming this year, and then that couldn't have been more appropriate. It did feel like such a, a homecoming seeing for for pride was is, is deeply moving and it's deeply important with everything that we're we're staring down at with with what's going on in in the world and our government. Um, yeah, no, I mean, and I'm I'm not trying to wade in into the the pride discourse of like what should or should be acceptable at pride, but what I what I am saying is like this year it felt because um, I've been to previous pride parades, but I, I saw so many I saw so many young kids, you know, and and kids where I I don't know for sure, but I, I'm sure a, a great deal of them probably identify as lgbtq or maybe will in the future or friends or family who will be there and it's just like it was so cool to see like these kids who you know i'm 34 years old i i have not that old but also i've lived enough life to know uh 10 years ago those kids wouldn't be at the parade and they wouldn't feel comfortable being at the parade and I, I, again, I say that not to say like, oh God, the kids are at, at pride. This is weird. Um, or whatever the discourse tends to be. And more of like, this is awesome that these kids f- feel accepted and welcome enough to, to be there and be part of the community. Yeah. I mean, like I said last week, like that was the big thing for like me in Jamestown, like the week before I was there was, you know, like, you know, th- you know, you're, it's obviously a much more conservative community down in Chautauqua County um, than you have in, you know, 
especially like the Buffalo centered area and this uh, Erie. Uh, but, you know, to see like these kids finally get an opportunity in their community to be, you know, accepted and embraced. Um, and, you know, it's, it reminded me, you know, like I, you know, I lived in the Elmwood village from like, you know, starting in the early two thousands. And so, you know, kind of like the early days of pride in Buffalo where like it, you know, it wasn't as mainstream as it is now in Buffalo. Like now, like I think most people in the Erie, in Erie County are like, well, pride is the best parade. And like, yeah, but it's important for like, you have to think about like the reasons why it's happening. You know, this isn't just St. Patrick's day where like, you're just going to get drunk and like somebody's going to steal a garbage truck. All right. Like it, there's a real reason for it be here. Um, and, uh, you, and you see that in these nascent community, uh, these communities where they're having nascent pride festivals and organizations. So, um, you know, but like, I don't know. So talk to us a little bit about like, you know, why is it still important? Obviously we like, there's, there's some political discourse going on, but like, you know, the actual importance of, you know, celebrating pride and being, you know, out there and, and a full throated support as opposed to just being silent about it. Well, I, I think those are all very, um, important points as to what the importance of pride is pride is a, a celebration and a remembrance of so much but probably one of the if not the most important reasons to have pride and to have the parade and things like this is, is for the youth to show them with everything that's going on across the country um, with different governments uh, you know directly attacking our community attacking trans kids and their rights to safely exist to see a a celebration that is so so joyous so so loving so so big and so affirming uh with with the parade and all the events uh throughout the month um that that says so much to to the youth that that need to be reached and that that couldn't be that couldn't be more important for several years now the parade has had uh the, the GSAs, the the gender sexuality uh, alliances from the high schools and the the GLIS um, mm. youth contingents, they lead the parade, and that uh, sends a very bold and very needed statement uh, to youth who are a part of those organizations or who need to hear that uh, it is okay to be who you are, mm -hmm. um, and that your community loves and affirms you. Mm. What um, I, I know you're a, a Buffalo Pride. Were you able to make it to any other uh, Pride events in the area? Um, I wasn't able to make it to all the ones I wanted to. Um, it's uh, it, and that was that was very difficult for me not to be able to to make it down to Jamestown for for their their Pride uh, flag raising and celebration. But the ones that I did go to um, were absolutely just amazing. I, I did go to. Uh, um, Hamburg's uh, flag raising and their their pride uh, celebration, and that was absolutely beautiful. The the town supervisor Randy Hoke, um, Karen Hoke on the, their their town board, they put together a, a terrific group of community members and uh, again, probably the most importantly, uh, youth from the high schools where they're speaking so eloquently about LGBTQ and queer history and the importance of pride and to see this happening in a, a village like Hamburg. Um, where that had never taken place before was was just so uh, inspiring. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, look, I mean, like recently, like the Republicans ran 
fucking stuff on my Hilo in Hamburg. So like to, to have the, the village in the town of Hamburg, you know, open and embracing it is, you know, is good. You know, I mean, obviously they rejected stuff on my Hilo pretty, pretty soundly, but like, you know, like, you know, it was, it was scary when they're like, oh yeah, this is our best chance. Uh, oh, but uh, I know you were in Jamestown, not for the flag raising, but you were there for state Supreme court justice, Grace Hanlon. Uh, yes. So, yeah. uh, so can you like, I'll talk a little bit about like, the importance of representation and, you know, like seeing somebody like Grace, like reaching the state Supreme court, like, and the importance of that. Um, absolutely. Uh, I was there the, uh, the Friday before the, their pride event, um, for, uh, it was a celebration, uh, for, for state Supreme court judge, Grace Hanlon, uh, who last year became the first openly LGBTQ, uh, Supreme Court justice ever elected for the Eighth Judicial District, and that was a uh, huge, ceiling shattering uh, win wins for representation. Uh, Grace ran before um, and uh, faced quite a bit, but um, she was she's a very determined person, a very determined candidate, and she couldn't be more qualified for that office. Um, and that's the the additional bonus of having the most qualified candidate in the, uh, the race be also LGBTQ. Um, it is just a, a such a fantastic and um, history-making thing for um, for the, the court system. Just I, I know my, myself with my own life, um, sort of being involved in politics, just going back 15, 10, maybe even less than that years ago, it would be completely unheard of that, that someone could, even as a Democrat, run... Uh, and be openly gay like that, uh, and to see to see Justice Hanlon be able to run and win, um, just literally breaks down the doors for for so many people and the the others that will will follow her. Yeah. Oh, I don't have to press the button. No. Awesome. <laughs> Well, while we were in the middle of this, we had a other friend of the pod, Harper Bishop, join us here. Harper, what's up? What's up? <laughs> what's up? We were just talking. Happy Juneteenth. Happy Happy Juneteenth. Happy Pride Month. Uh, happy Pride still, Month. that's that's what we're talking about here. And um, so I figured you're going to sit there and you might as well just come hang out with us. Like, <laughs> we don't want you just sitting there twiddling your thumbs talking about Pride Month here. Uh, but yeah, no, Brian. Um, yeah, that's that's an incredible thing. I think, you know, I, I, I keep coming back to, like you said, like 10, 15 years ago, it'd be unheard of to have a political figure, you know, be like uh, open open representation um, like that. I, I can't help but think of like Jimmy Griffin, like in our lifetimes, shutting down the gay bars on Allen. You know, it's just like, it's so wild. I'm not saying that there's not a lot of fight left to go. I'm just saying that, my God, what a, what a 180 from where we were nationally and in this community in a lot of ways and and, and, you know like grace is it's a big deal because it's it's not just like an erie county or like a niagara falls type thing it's the eight counties of the judicial district so like that's really big that like we're like it's it's able to be you know carried through you know like not just erie and niagara but like also yes chautauqua and cataraugus and like fucking genesee and like like all those cretins like like somehow like was able to carry through it anyways um i mean so that's big and, like, while we can say, like, well, good things are happening in Western New York, like we've referenced a couple of times, good things are not happening in a lot of the rest of the country. You've got, you know, Florida going crazy, 
Um, you've got like FINA today, like, you know, uh, saying that, that they're not going to let any uh, transgender women participate uh, in swimming events. Like, you know, it's, it's so like, well, while we can say good for Jamestown and good for Olean, like there, there has to be a real call to action to continue to support the community outside of what's happening in Western New York. 100%. No, um, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's so crazy to me, though, that we're at this juncture where, like, yeah, we are I, I, like, ostensibly seeing more rights, um, you know, for our LGBTQ friends. And yet at the same time, like, it, it's, it feels like we're back in the 1950s in some ways. There's this insane moral panic. I mean, somehow, um, you know, having, uh, what, what is it like the drag queen discourse? Does that come back in vogue? Like, how the fuck did we get here? It's just like it's crazy how in this time of progress the reaction is just so strong. The reactionary impulse. Um, I don't know what what you tell me. Like, what what is it like? What where, where do you think this is coming from? Or is it just like a natural byproduct of we're having progress and there's going to be this reaction to this visceral reaction, or is something else going on? I think there's a lot to unpack there. Um, it, it, the, uh, the the just look at looking at the last twenty thirty years, the the progress has been absolutely mind blowing. When we see how far we've come on issues like like trans rights, marriage equality, um, obviously we're not where we need to be or should be, um, but we've made just gains that I know I uh, at various points in my life never thought would be possible. Um, and it seems that every time we have a legislative victory like that, um, we have these these horrible reactions where the pendulum swings another way and just the bigotry rears its head in response to that, it seems like. And I, I think it could, uh, it, it feels kind of simple to say that, well, this is the result of Donald Trump being elected president, that all this hatred and just ugly bigotry was sort of validated in a way and mainstreamed. But I think that's been coming uh, much longer than, than Donald Trump has been on the, uh, the political scene. And that's um, of course, it at once just so terribly heartbreaking and uh, just, just awful. But, um, and I, it's, uh, it's easier said than done to, you know, to rally the troops and that we have to stay the course and stand our ground, but that's what we have to do. We have to fight back against this because this is not who the good people of our country are. And we need to do that for ourselves, for our community, and especially for, for our kids and our youth. Yeah. I mean, cause like you see like, you know, latest poll numbers, it's like over 70% of Americans are in favor of same sex marriage. But like, we, you know, we know with the impending, like, leaked Roe decision that the majority of the Americans being in favor of something doesn't matter one fucking lick to the Supreme mm-hmm. Court. And so, like, you know, we, we have a real concern, like, with the way that you know, the leaked ruling on Roe was written, that Obergefell is, like, clearly in the crosshairs. And, like, and if you, you listen to, like, conservative Christians in this country, they don't, they're, like, they're not, like, you know, beating around the bush, proverbial bush, saying, like, oh, no, we're not. That. They're like, no, yeah, we're definitely coming for that. Like, so, like, it's something that people need to be on, on edge and be aware of, you know, like, you know, obviously we need to be on edge and aware of reproductive rights, but, like, you know, you, there's a lot of other stuff coming that they're, they're gunning for, and, you know, they realize that, like, nationally they can't legislate their way around it, so they're just going to go to the courts. Yeah, but, 
I want to speak to that because um, I grew up in the Christian conservative church, uh, and a lot of LGBTQ people actually have come from the church, mm-hmm. and so um, can speak really uh, candidly and straightforwardly about my experiences there. Um, and that I really believe that I'm glad that you were citing the numbers there is, is that Pew um, polls have shown essentially uh, even the church uh, is for lesbian, gay, same-sex, bisexual um, rights, uh, even in the Pentecostal church, which mm-hmm. to me is like mind-blowing to think about. The last frontier of that is trans rights. It's like right. if we can't win that war, then mm-hmm. we need to create a new culture war, which is to um, criminalize and take mm-hmm. the rights away of trans people because it's not as familiar to people. So every time we see interactions and relationships be built, there we see ground gained. Right. You know, um, and so when I think about the Pentecostal Church in relationship to that, I also think about how the power elite use and the Christian right specifically use their power in these mega churches to build power for themselves, much like we see the power elite here in Buffalo trying to, you know, create power for themselves. Um, obviously throwing working class and poor people under the bus in the process and communities of color. Mm-hmm. My mother and people who go to the Pentecostal church in Holland, New York are not full of hatred. It's something that they have been, conditioned and taught Mm -hmm. by these powerful folks to believe and then they think that they are furthering a just cause similar to us and so i try to instead of uh and as an organizer in me is like let's meet people where they're at let's try to understand where they're coming from what their cultural norms are how they grew up and why they feel the way they feel is that like at this moment i'm like my mother believes as strongly as i do about these subjects only on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, right. in which, uh, unfortunately, as I've, I've said, is uh, because we have political elites in Washington on the right who are galvanizing a base that they can build, like my mom and others, mm-hmm. and sol- foot soldiers for their cause based on you know framing it as killing a child. Right. Who wants to see a, a child be killed? Right? right. So if you frame it that and they, they win the narrative every time they're great. They're great at narrative building. Um, and, and then you have, you know, um, some of the subjects that you've talked about. So, you know, I, I, I want to add that to the conversation right. because I think it's important that sometimes people are feeling from a very secular perspective or from a perspective where they're like, how do even folks come about this? And it's like, well, similarly, when we have a narrative that's built, that's a dominant narrative about, welfare or you know any veiled racist Mm -hmm. uh you know narrative that is built is that it's benefiting someone and we have to think about who it's benefiting and who it's uh at a cost to and unfortunately it's at the cost of my my relationship to my mother Mm -hmm. in this situation right um so just wanted to amplify that because i think it's a really important piece that people with lived experiences that know how that church has functioned and then now can see it uh for what it is be included in the conversation yeah i mean you know, speaking around here, like well, like the the Pentecostal and like the the non denominational Christian are certainly growing here. Mm-hmm. Like this area has a strong Catholic background. Yeah, and like I think generally we kind of almost forget how conservative Catholic church 
for the most part is right. like we're like well we, they're not the ones we're worried about like the the conservative christian right like we're you know right. you know marjorie taylor green isn't catholic but like you know we, we just had in worcester massachusetts mm-hmm. um there was a, a catholic school flying a black lives matter and a pride right. flag yeah. and like the bishop was like you can't you're no longer catholic right right yeah. like like <laughs> that's crazy yeah. i mean they were getting dunked on but like still like they were like in a position of power and like you guys can't be catholic if you're going to continue to do that Right. Um, and again, it wasn't just the pride flag. Like they also like objected to the Black Lives Matters flag. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, you know, groups that, you know, are, you know, historically held down by like the, the elites and the majority rule or mm-hmm. the majority the leaders who you know are trying to hang on to their majority mm-hmm. uh, you know, are continuing to push down. And so like it's very important to think about like in West New York, like it's not just like, you know, the mega churches out in like Amherst or like Clarence that are doing this. It's also the Catholic churches with maybe like the exception of like Columbia Bridget, cause they just do whatever they want and nobody tops <laughs> tells them to stop. <laughs> so Brian, um, you know, you're, you're at the end of the day, you are, you are a Dem, you are a Stonewall Dem, but you, you are, you are a Dem. So you know how we feel about them. You know, we, we mostly, we mostly put up with them and um, you know, we, we hope I for the best. That. We hope I for the best. That. We, we our, our, our expectations aren't always so high, uh, but you know, generally it's better than the alternative. Now we have, um, we have a local race around here where the Stonewall Dems recently uh, provided their endorsement for uh, Melissa Missy Hartman, uh, who's running against Mickey Kearns coming up here. Now, I I have to imagine that, you know, this, <laughs> I, I don't want to say it was a controversial decision considering who the alternative is to <laughs> right, Missy. This is like my favorite topic right, right now. <laughs> but also, I know that like nine times out of 10, you're not rushing to endorse a person who literally who what in her 40s are like oh my god i can't believe like i was so naive as a as a teenager and a 20 year old and a 30 year old and i was a republican my whole life and now by god i'm a democrat so i you know i I can't imagine that's not necessarily the candidate you're you're jumping to endorse uh but no talk talk to us about missy hartman getting the stonewall dems endorsement no there's a lot to uh, a lot to go into there. Um, obviously, the the Erie County Clerk's race it's terribly complicated uh, this can, year. Can I be um, Brian's like anger man? Like it's very complicated. <laughs> Mickey Kearns is a xenophobic, <laughs> racist asshole. Yes, keep going, Brian. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, we have the incumbent Mickey Kearns, a registered Democrat who has not really ever conducted himself like any type of elected official that should be a Democrat would be. Um, and he's for the first time running in the Democratic primary. Uh, he's always run on the Republican and the conservative lines. Uh, and the the Democratic candidate, the, they like to say, true blue, real Democratic candidate who has the party's endorsement, Melissa Hartman, um, the town supervisor in Eden, uh, she did recently switch her party affiliation from Republican to Democrat. At, at first, when I, when I heard about that, a, a recent Democratic convert, basically, um, it, it was something that's concerning. It's concerning to a lot of our members, uh, Stonewall Democrats. Um, but really, when, when I and I saw when so many other people met, met Missy, um, it, 
to to know her was to know someone who I don't want to speak for her, but I feel like she uh, she, she never was a like a true Republican for the for the past however many years she's been organizing in her community basically for progressive issues and causes, and that's absolutely the person that uh, that should be in the Democrats' big tent um, and really getting to know her she's the the perfect person to take on uh r- really such a monster like mickey kearns the uh I, the party are myself personally the our organization the stonewall democrats we have a lot of history with with mickey kearns uh when he ran for for mayor of the city of buffalo over 10 years ago um he, he did he he courted our organization our community really for mm-hmm. for support um, he walked in the Pride Parade with his family. He came to all of our events and our meetings. Quick, quick note: yep. uh, in the in the Pride Parade that he that he was in for, when he was running for mayor, the vehicle mm-hmm. that he rode in, the, the one that he used, noted racist Joe Masha's car. Yes. <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah, deep deep yeah. cut. But yes, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Wow! Um, yeah. Thanks for that tidbit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he, uh, he he really um, and he won over so many people in the, the community because he, you know, he pledged to support things like, like marriage equality, which we didn't have at the time, like, like gender, the transgender civil rights bill that, mm-hmm. that we were fighting to have passed at the state. Um, he pledged to support those things if he was ever elected to an office where he could vote on those things. Mm-hmm. Um, he obviously didn't win the, uh, the mayor's election, um, and he ended up in the state assembly not too long after, where one of his first acts as a state assembly member was to vote against the transgender civil rights bill. And he would do this repeatedly. He voted against banning conversion therapy for minors in New York State and just took these these awful, horrific stances on not just LGBTQ issues, but issues like like women's reproductive freedoms and choice. And it was he, he's, he's just no one who ever should have the... Uh, the banner of running as a Democrat in a primary or an election for, for any office. And uh, I, I am very grateful that, that Melissa Hartman did step up to be the person who would, would take on all of this, this terribleness. Yeah. I mean, look, look, I, I guess I think most people are like, Missy Hartman probably wasn't their ideal candidate, but Mickey Kearns is such absolute dog shit. Right. That like, you're <laughs> definitely going to support Missy Hartman. It's like, I mean, Mickey has been terrible for like 20 years. Basically, Stefan Mahailu in the Democratic Party. And like, you know, like, and like, you know, like to to the point, like, you know, he got supported by the Republicans in the clerk's office and so gave all of his patrons positions to Republicans. Mm -hmm. Or if he didn't give them to like personal friends of his, you know, and like, and he's been doing stuff. Just atrocious things, things that like I know of, but like I don't even want to say on, on the microphone because like I I like I could probably take Mickey in a fight if I fell on him, but like he's spry and like he's weighs limber, yeah, like like I outweigh him, like we're in a different weight class, um, but like you know if, like if I like if I took him, I got a takedown in, like I probably win. Other than that, like it's, it's uh, who knows, it could go anyway. I'd um, <laughs> I'd I'd be I'd be remiss and I wouldn't be intellectually honest to everybody um, listeners and guests here alike if I didn't say that I did used to work for Mickey. Um, I'm from South Buffalo. Mickey's from South Buffalo. I worked with him, worked in his office around the time that he ran for the mayor's race. Uh, around 
I, I interned in 2008 and then I worked there um, in City Hall as, a, as an intern around 2010. Um, I did also help out on the uh, assembly uh, campaign he was ultimately successful on. I will say, uh, having known Mickey a long time, I don't talk to him anymore. But um, <laughs> I was going to say plot twist. No, I don't. No, I'm not. I'm not in on the campaign conference calls. I, I, I truthfully, I haven't really talked to the guy in almost ten years mm-hmm. uh, since I stopped working in his office. But I'll say this: like, I know this is this is the kind of thing where you're like, okay, you are what you you, you are what your actions are. So if you act and you vote against against LGBTQ rights and act like a bigot, you are a bigot effectively, right? Because you are affecting, you're using the power that you have to essentially push a bigoted agenda that's harmful to, um, to gay and, and trans and, you know, pretty much a whole community of people. So in that sense, yes, I will say like interpersonally, he's always the friendliest guy in the room. He's always, you know, the smiles, the, Hey, how are you? Um, you know, certainly the, the old ladies love them for sure. And I know it's hard for people to jive. And and this is my point here, not to say, oh, Mickey's such a swell guy, but more that it's so hard to jive. Like the And even for me, having known the guy so long and seeing kind of the dark path that he went down, that right. that like, uh, you know, how the fuck did you become the guy who's like, oh, well, we need the uh, the true, the real IDs or whatever. Um, uh, it's It's so weird to see somebody who is, you know, Mr. Nice Guy, Mr. Gladhand, you just thought he was like, oh, he's just, eh, all right. You know, as a classic old school politician, just Mr. Nice Guy kind of go and, and, and sort, of, sort of peel that back and you see some some of what's actually behind there. And it's, I mean, it's disheartening for me as somebody who I, I once considered a friend and somebody I worked with, but also it's a sign. It's it's a maybe a warning sign that a lot of those people in in our political sphere, you know, who smiles and handshakes and whatever will easily throw you under the bus and mm-hmm. they will easily um, harm, like take harmful actions that'll hurt That's your right. neighbors and your friends. And it's just like, I don't know, man. Like I, I don't, I don't know what happened to the guy. I don't, I know. I mean, I do in a way you're, you're surrounded by that for so long. Even if you personally, even if Mickey, it, it, the most generous reading is that he is, you know, the, the useful idiot, you're still, surrounded by that invective and and for you to dispute yourself i mean it's just right i mean see i I can't go there like for me uh he's furthering his own personal agenda uh again uh by throwing already oppressed people under the bus and you know we're talking about obviously lgbtq uh, issues right now but of course we have to talk about the intersectionality of which this is a person who came out against undocumented immigrants having the right to a license to make everyone safer and to provide for their families as they're already the most oppressed, you know, uh, individuals in probably our region, if not the country, um, and doing that and stumping on it over and over just because I happen to be wearing my Justice for Migrant Family <laughs> shirt and, uh, of course, my partner is the d- director of that organization – I feel like we can't talk about Mickey Kearns without talking about this issue and that she knows several people that have been, you know, documented instances in the clerk's office in which he has prevented immigrants from, uh, you know, from accessing licenses that is now on the books. Right. Mm -hmm. And for me that you are the county clerk, (laughs) right? Like Mm -hmm. the fact that you are using your office to essentially, uh, and and we see it actually all the time in Buffalo and Western New York politics with politicians who will 
lift up our immigrant refugee populations. But then when they actually need things, mm-hmm. when their political career is on the line, they double down against the things that they actually call for and need mm-hmm. access to. So like we can play the good immigrant where it's like, oh, you set up a, a small business and you're helping further our economic uh, development or you've stopped the hemorrhaging of our population loss. So we love you. But then when they're like, actually, my homies, I need this, this and this. They're like, but I'm nowhere to be found. Right. And we know this is also a person that has an A plus you know, rating from the NRA. I mean, he's using his, uh, I think he's abusing his office at this point. And uh, I just can't, I can't see him idly by and, and think the best of a person who continues to do that day after day, even though he's been called in, he's been called out, he's been called in, he's been called out. If people have done anything and we needed someone to step up to challenge him. Um, Brian, did, um, did, did Mickey court the Stonewall Dems this time around for an endorsement? Uh, he did not. Um, he, he did court mm. the, uh, the, the, Erie County Democratic Party for the endorsement, um, which I'm on the, the executive committee for. Mm. Um, and he did come in and in person ask for for the endorsement, um, which uh, there were a lot of fireworks when that happened. Um, but just r- really going back to the point of what kind of person he is as someone who's known him since some time and probably the earlier half of the 2000s. He's uh, just the worst of what politics and elected officials can be, just ever the the opportunist with no real moral compass or conscience that I've ever seen. Uh, you know, he's running for mayor in the city of Buffalo. How can I get more votes on the west side in Allentown? Mm-hmm. I'll go to the, the Pride Parade. And then just he just completely abandons all of the people and the principles that, that he to support and fight for um, and that's it's just so important to always hold your elected officials accountable throughout their careers for what they do and he's just such uh, an abusive and flagrant case of of that um, and that's what the uh, the Democratic Party did I was very proud of the people there who challenged him who brought the receipts and uh, just <laughs> love that. Um, uh, like rattled off all of the the terrible votes he took in Albany and how he really abandoned us as a party for, for so many years, uh, you know, for, for many years, um, Stonewall has been part of a coalition that, uh, takes local advocates to Albany at least once a year to meet with all of our elected officials, Democrats and Republicans, uh, and even many, um, most, if not all Republicans would, would always meet with us, but Mickey never, never would. He would, um, it, it would it would be comical if it wasn't so terrible, um, the way he would dodge us in the hallways and all of that. We had one meeting with him in his tenure in the assembly, uh, right before um, the the bill to to ban conversion therapy for minors came up. We brought survivors of conversion therapy from his district and to tell these harrowing and heartbreaking uh, and heart wrenching stories about. The, the evils of, of the child abuse that is conversion therapy. And he, he sat there and he listened um, and he did nothing after he, he voted um, against, against banning that. All, all he did, I'm sure, was sit there and like, oh, yeah, I hear you, guy, and like wear his seersucker suit. Uh, but like, again, but like, <laughs> I mean, he loves the seersucker. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, but like, you know, I remember like when he like first ran, like, you know, he 
portrayed himself as like this like working class Democrat. Like I used yeah. to be a garbage man, and like you yeah. know I understand yeah. like you know the, the downtrodden and the underserved. And like Emilio was like, give me some more of that sweet Carl Paladino money, and like immediately turned on everybody and refused to do literally anything to help anyone who wasn't already like an, uh, a local elite. I mean, that's uh, he, period, right? I mean, that's, 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 that's it. Like he, he sold out like um, like as that's quickly it. as he possibly could. Like, uh, that's like a good term of phrase there. He was a garbage man. Now he's a garbage man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. <laughs> nice. I don't know if you want to repeat it. No, no, they can hear you. No, no, it's, uh, it's, oh, yeah, loud we, and clear. Loud, loud and clear. <laughs> so yeah, so I guess at the end of the day, like Missy might not have been our first choice. Uh, like like a lot of people, maybe in at the federal level, Joe Biden wasn't their first choice. Right. We were like, well, I mean, obviously, I'm not voting for like the absolute like trash monster. Give me that spoonful of sugar for my medicine, but like you know, like we'll try to do better next time. Right, that's that's <laughs> completely understandable. Um, and uh, um, just sort of to to jump off of that, um, like it it it's, can't be more important to you know, to, to bang the drums and, and tell everyone out to get out there and vote in this election with everything that uh, has gone on with the redistricting process and all of the, all the many elections that we're going to have this year. Um, we, early voting is happening now. Mm -hmm. um, this election is on the ballot now. And uh, we can't let someone like Mickey Kearns win the Democratic line in Erie County. And just because I think it's amusing, you can cut it later. Um, so, you know, er be good. early voting, uh, you know, started and of course they do text banks. And so I received and my wife, we were in the car and we received our text messages at the same time. And so, you know, we were basically crafting <laughs> why we're not, you know, why we're not <laughs> voting for uh, Mickey Kearns. And so like I wrote one that I tried to make sort of professional, but it was, you know, sort of like, yeah, this is a person who furthers their political agenda. He uses xenophobia and fear mongering to further his agenda, etc. My wife then writes one that is similar to what I just told you about, um, you know, um, I have not seen him. Uh, show up for immigrants and therefore I cannot vote for him and I kind of tweeted it and all of my friends saw it and so people started sending me all of their responses <laughs> and these responses were like from like trying to be you know politically astute to you're a fucking racist. Right. Absolutely fucking not contact me, you know, ever again. And just like, you oh, know, we're not cutting like, that Harper, by the way, <laughs> yeah. just so you know. And That's I, the good stuff. But I just like loved that this Twitter, uh, you know, thread started of people just responding over and over and over. And of course, I know I live in a bubble, right? I'm on, I'm in a leftist bubble, of course. Um, but I think it shows, we know that people only really respond to those text messages if they're either ardently for a candidate or only against a candidate. Yeah. And that woman who was sending out the text messages, she received many, many uh, fuck no's yesterday, which uh, gladdened my heart that at least, uh, I, I hope it's a, I honestly hope it's a referendum on his governance, and I hope he actually leaves political life after this election, after he is handedly uh, taken down. And... Uh, you know, it's like my friends vote for anyone. Just vote against Mickey Kearns. Yep. That I'm super glad to to hear that. I, when I got my text message yesterday, I think her name was Kelly. I, yes, I, um, Kelly. Poor Kelly. I, uh, I, uh, I started to compose a message quite a few times, but I think it kind of 
uh, not that it broke me, but I didn't. I haven't responded yet. Yeah. I, I did <laughs> not. I did but not get a text think? from the campaign. No. I don't. I don't know. I, I did. They, maybe they're not. Texting, you did. Maybe oh, not, I did. Yeah. Okay. Maybe not texting people in Lancaster. But <laughs> I actually think I still have Mickey's personal cell phone number, so I would just respond directly to him. <laughs> <laughs> and here's fifty more from all of my friends. I started uh, posting the IG stories, and people just kept on sending them. And uh, oh, so I'm I'm trying to keep it going through early voting. That's my public service announcement for for everyone. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, Brian, Brian Ball, Stonewall Dems, thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll cut you loose for now. Well, we know when early voting is. When's the actual primary day? Right. Yes. Well, that was going to be my follow-up, oh, right? Okay. When? When is? When is the, <laughs> the early voting is now? When is the actual primary for uh, those at home? The actual. For those of, for beautiful the, listeners who are politically aware but are, are terrible at their calendar, at <laughs> right, dates, right. who don't update their calendars, like some people who are just responding to Kelly and think that's a <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> yes. right, like like Homer like Simpson on the legalized weed episode where he forgets to vote in the election that he's leading the campaign again and lost by one vote. <laughs> uh, it's it's the twenty eighth, right? Yes, the yes. Tuesday, the twenty eighth, and early voting happening now with. Uh, actually expanded hours by the, the county's board of elections yep and yeah. and erie county is good and that like no matter where you are in the county no matter where you're registered you can show up at any early voting right. uh, place and vote there um which is is nice like so if you if you live in like fillmore but for some reason you work in brant go vote at brant city a uh, town hall do it right? so you'll be you'll be like the only person there it'll be the easiest <laughs> vote of your entire life <laughs> Brian, where can um, where can we find you, or where can we find the Stonewall Dems in your county um, on social media or, or anywhere else? Um, well, uh, I myself, Stonewall, we're all, we're all over. Um, we're on uh, social media, Stonewall Democrats of Western New York, uh, Stonewall Dems WNY dot org is our website. Um, but we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I think we have a Snapchat. I don't think yeah. we use it though, but. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, feel free, anyone who might be interested in any of these elections or getting more involved in the LGBTQ community politically and democratically. What's, um, what's the Stonewall Dems parlor account? Parlor. <laughs> that we don't. <laughs> um, where, where can we find you or do you not want to be found? Well, um, you can pretty much find me anywhere. Facebook, Twitter, at Brian G. Ball, uh, Brian with a Y. Um, feel free to, uh, to reach out to me any, anywhere you might find me. Awesome. Well, Brian, thanks for joining us. And thanks to Harper, who we're going to also, you know, <laughs> cook a little bit here for jumping in. Harper's just sitting there and I was like, no, we can't just, <laughs> we can't just have you on the, the big chair thanks there. Thanks for letting so. me cut in, right? oh. So Snake, <laughs> Snake gave up his chair and his mic <laughs> right. uh, so graciously. So. He abdicated. Like, like Edward. Throne. <laughs> like Edward. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.